Really great to have this man on. You know, we've got a few independent journalists out there that are actually doing it right. This is one of the guys who you can go to every time. John Solomon, CEO, the editor-in-chief of Just the News. John, how are you? Good to see you. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. John, I don't know if you know my history, and you don't need to know my history, but I was a TV news anchor for a long time. I won a bunch of journalism awards. I understand what journalism is. You do it way better than I ever did. Don't misunderstand. But um, in, in watching what's passed off as journalism today, where we keep hearing words like insurrection. We keep hearing that Donald Trump incited this or the Supreme Court took away women's natural human rights to kill the unborn or whatever. When you're hearing the way that news is spun, does it make you sick? I mean, like my spine hurts when I see some of these people (laughs) pretending to be journalists. Well, you and I were raised in a different generation where we were told that we had to be neutral. Whatever our political views were, we kept them on at the door when we walked into the uh, newsroom and we didn't exercise them there. This generation of journalists does not do that. All you had to do is watch the White House Correspondents' Dinner on Saturday night to, one, realize, one, how self-important they find themselves these days, how much smarter they think they are of the American people. That's a big mistake, by the way. And third, how much they're in bed with the intelligence community, the military community, the law enforcement community, the Democratic establishment. And it's been that alliance the last four or five years that has precluded the American people from getting a lot of truths, including the Hunter Biden laptop, Russia collusion, many of the stories about what really happened in Afghanistan and what's currently going on at the border. There is a censorship machinery in the U.S. media, which first relied on the First Amendment to build its business, is now a big part of it. The First Amendment is no longer first in many journalists' uh, portfolio, and that scares me a lot. John Solomon, go to uh, bravebooks.us. He's got a new book out called Hidden Headlines, uh, See More Clues, Mystery. We'll get into that in a second. I love what you just said. Everything that you just spelled out was exactly right. We saw the radicalization of the media out in the open. I guess it was radicalized for a long time, but we saw it out in the open under Trump. When you see Jim Acosta, who was actively writing a book about his time at the White House, as he made a fool of himself in the White House every day, yelling ridiculous questions, arguing with the commander-in-chief, and then fast forward to Biden, who can smile, side of his face, and walk away and wave, and somebody's yelling, that's it, get out, you're done, move up, dip. There is no journalism when it's the, the, the people that they agree with. There's only journalism, journalism with air quotes, when there's somebody that they disagree with. We, we found that out, that's didn't right. we, for four years? We did. I, I first saw this in the summer of 2007. I was at the Washington Post as their lead national investigative reporter. And for the first time in my life, I saw the expression of political opinion inside a newsroom the day the Scooter Libby verdict was announced. Uh, former Dick, uh, Dick Cheney's former chief of staff right. being convicted. Part of the newsroom stood up and applauded the verdict. I was floored. But at that moment, I realized I wasn't in Kansas anymore, that something fundamentally had changed. The Obama years brought that out in greater things. There was a lot more cheerleading for Obama, a lot less independent coverage of the Obama stuff. And then by the time Donald Trump came along, well, the, uh, the court had come out of the champagne and uh, basically one-sided, agenda-driven uh, journalism that lost all sense of neutrality had become widespread practice in what it was, you know, what we would call the legacy media. Right. And we haven't gotten it back since. We haven't. You and I were very lucky. It's John Solomon, editor-in-chief, the CEO over at Just the News. Go to his website every day. Check out what he's doing. Independent journalism. You're right. You shouldn't know which side we lean. When I was a TV news anchor, I would get letters from people, email from people, saying, great, another liberal on TV. And, of course, I wasn't a liberal. I was just giving them the news. Um, But we grew up in a time we had the benefit of three networks. We had the benefit of Electric Company and Sesame Street actually teaching you something. We had Mr. Rogers teaching you something. In today's world, these kids have 500 stations, they've got Snapchat, they've got TikTok teaching them right from wrong, and they can discern. So you wrote a book, 
hoping to help them discern. Hidden headlines, a Seymour Clues mystery. What, what will the child glean from this? Will, will he or she actually understand being skeptical is a good thing and it's an actual human thing? It is, and I hope that they glean more than anything, that the First Amendment was first for a reason from our founding fathers. Without free speech, nothing else in the constitutional republic could flow. That's what our founding fathers taught us. And when censorship started to become so prominent in 1921, when I got censored on the original Hunter Biden stuff, and Miranda got censored, and then we all got censored on COVID origins, and we can go on and on and pick all the different censorships, there was no outcry among the two youngest generations in America. Older people were like our age, but not the two. And I was like, what's going on? Hey, this can't be right. And then I discovered something really powerful to me, that the last two generations went through a school system, a social media system, a literary system that did not teach uh, teach the civic values of America, did not teach why the First Amendment was first, did not teach the Bill of Rights. It spent most of its time denigrating the American experience and even suggesting to young people that censorship in certain circumstances would be appropriate and helpful for the good of a collective. That scared when I made that realization, I realized I want to do something. And so I want to create a storybook for the next generation, the third generation now working its way through schools uh, so that parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles could teach these children what they might not get at school, that free speech is essential to the American experience, that it was first for a reason, the First Amendment, and uh, have that conversation. We do it in the most fun way. My son's hamster who once famously escaped on my watch. I had to go retrieve him from the nice air job, conditioning Solomon. vent. Yeah. <laughs> he's a newspaper publisher, and he's trying to get his newspaper out, and the tubes in the hamster village are clogged, i.e. the big tech, tech titans are clogging them. And uh, a great brave dog helps solve the mystery, gets the news out, a community saved from an impending flood. It has all those fun characters of animals and fun time story, but beneath it is a layered story about free speech, about the dangers of censorship, and about the fact that this country was founded on the First Amendment, and without it, the American experience isn't the same it was for the first 246 years. So I hope folks go and get it. It's at bravebooks.us. Easy to get. A fun story. I'm very proud of it. Hidden Headlines of Seymour Clues. Mystery is the name of it. You know, we, we had the benefit, as I said, of those those shows that I talked about. We also yeah. had the benefit of things like I'm Just a Bill and you know, how civics worked. Um, That's I don't right. think people, people to this Schoolhouse day. Schoolhouse Rocks. Remember Schoolhouse oh, Rocks? It was we unbelievable. Yeah. We could probably sing yeah. it if we had time. We don't have time. But uh, <laughs> um, it, it was amazing that we actually learned through music, learned through rote. Right. We learned in a class. I, never, I don't remember any teacher ever saying, hey, why don't we get some, some drag queens to come in and read you some stories? Yeah, so no. what you're doing is counterbalancing what we're seeing in society today. I'm yet to hear somebody tell me why it's important for men dressed as women to come and twerk and read to five-year-olds. But they're in school now, John. Can we get your book in school? Um, and, and I, I think that's, that's the, the, the overriding question. We're paying for yeah. this public education, yet I can't get your book in. And, and I want yeah. to. Is there a way to make that happen? I hope so. Listen, I started off this journey this weekend in Philadelphia, the land where our liberty was born, where the Declaration was signed, where the Constitutional Congress was held. And now it's in the throes of a Democratic leadership where violence and and insanity are the norm in the city. Hundreds of parents and their kids came to this library to be read to, to have this story. And to a person, each parent, each grandparent, each aunt and uncle who were there said, this has to get into our school system. How do we do it? They were buying books. They were talking to teachers. They were Good. talking to the librarian at the library. It's going to take a grassroots movement like what Glenn Youngkin experienced in Virginia in every library, every school. But it can happen. The power of the people is its most powerful uh, power that the, the Constitution gave us. 
speaking to our leaders, forcing these books, these positive books, into um, the libraries and schools, I think will be a good thing for America. Hidden headlines of Seymour Clues mystery. Go to bravebooks.us. It's John Solomon. John, while I have you, I've got to ask you about social media. Um, sure. Were we just naive as a human race? Um, allegedly, Mark Zuckerberg made this the Facebook on Harvard's campus. Going to find the hot yeah. chicks and the hot guys. We're going to all get together. <laughs> and, but then, and then he drew us Sounded all good. there. Oh, it did. It sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. I drew us all there. Jack drew us all to Twitter. They drew us to yeah. YouTube. And the promise seemed to be, and again, I feel very naive over this, but the promise seemed to be, hey, we've got a site, post your pictures, post your your stories, uh, post your videos, post your thoughts, and everybody can see it. And then once they had us, because they they took a guy like me and said, hey, we want your audience on Facebook. We're going to verify you, send your audience here. Got 400,000 followers on Facebook. And guess what, John? Nobody sees anything I post because I dared interview Mike Lindell once. Because I dare to have Rudy Giuliani on the show. Facebook made a decision. Now that we have you, we're gonna we're now gonna control what it is that you do. Whereas, had I never gone to Facebook, I never would have worked, uh, ran into that. Do you agree that we were naive going in and we believed them just on face value, and we shouldn't have? Yeah, listen. Every great tyranny in the history of the world has always sought to control the distribution of information. Great if you point. own and control the distribution systems, you can own and control the narrative. And these big tech oligarchs, they rose in with billions of dollars very quickly by creating a great, satisfying um, product. And then they realized, I have enough power to make my truth your truth. I no longer have to uh, recognize your opinion. And over time, and in concert with the United States government, that's the most important thing that the last six months have told us. The FBI, the CDC, were actually in concert with these big tech oligarchs picking whose opinions would get through and whose would be blocked, whose information would get through and whose would be stopped. That is the absolute worst case scenario our founding fathers feared more than anything else, a government working to control the flow of information. And now it's happened and these oligarchs, the oligarchs of the big tech country, they act just like the oligarchs in Eastern Europe or right. in China. And in fact, in some cases now, our children are learning from the communist Chinese compliments of TikTok. We have to immediately find a way to break this blockade. And we're beginning to. Competition has always been the panacea to things like this in America. And the new sites that are coming up, Getter and Truth and Rumble and uh, new uh, economic uh, opportunities and new banks, they're beginning to break the blockade. I think 2023 will be a more free-flow information year than 2020, and that's a good thing. You know, what, what jumped out at me when you started talking about how these uh, countries and dictators start out by saying, hey, this will be great, and then they take away every, every freedom and every, every liberty that they can. It reminded me of Venezuela. Yep. And this guy, um, uh, Hugo Chavez, just a funny-looking yes. guy, who somehow yep. was, had the, the charisma to make people believe this will be better for you. I'm, we're going we're gonna to make sure that everybody can succeed. We're going to have more freedom and liberty than ever. And once he won, he, he published how he, he government controlled every industry. He took everything away. You look, at, you look at pictures from Venezuela in the 1970s and look at it now, it's, you wouldn't believe it's the same country. My fear is that we're heading the same way as they keep on grabbing gigantic blue cities like Chicago and L.A. and New York and, and every, every city in my state in Texas is now being run by a Soros DA and it's very, very blue yeah. in, those, in those cities. It's starting to look like Venezuela. So how do we put the brakes on, do you think? Listen, it's our generation's uh, uh, obligation to extend the American experience and overcome these things. All of them can be reversed uh, if uh, we work together and we find we use the system that's in front of us. A lot of times Republicans have been afraid and conservatives have been afraid to use the tools. that have been. Soros is a very brilliant 
tactician guy. You know, you might disagree with him on values. It's hard to argue with the consequences he's been able right. to achieve with his agenda. But the same tools are there for us, whether it's the ballot box or uh, the initiative box or getting prosecutors who have more common sense policies. We have the same tools in front of us. We've been too lazy, too slow to grab them. This is the moment in American history where common sense Americans, if they want to keep living in the American experience that we've had for 246 years, they have to grab those tools, turn them to our venture. Uh, Ronald Reagan used to say, there's a silent majority in America. Silence is now complicity. We have to be a loud majority, take the bullhorn, and take back these institutions that have tilted the country away from uh, a constitutional republic. CEO, editor-in-chief of Just the News is John Solomon. Go to bravebooks.us. Get his book called Hidden Headlines of Seymour Clues Mystery, a great children's book about journalism, about the First Amendment, about free speech. Make sure you go and get it. Uh, John, in your reporting, have you ever, ever had the chance to find out why George Soros or anybody would want our cities to have anarchy, why we would want to have mob rule going to Target and, and ransacking the place or prostitution's okay and, and, and grooming kids. Why do these people want this? It's not a good life for anybody. Yeah, listen, I don't think when you ask George Soros, did he create anarchy, he would say that. He said, I'm trying to create a system where justice is more fair. The truth of the matter is these ideological ideas have been tried time and again from the Soviet uh, empire going back to uh, Lenin and Stalin through Maoist China. They've never worked. When they were implemented in Venezuela, they took an incredibly vibrant economy and culture and crashed into the ground. Whatever the values are, whatever ideological view they thought they were giving, they've deceived themselves into thinking they're making the world better. It's not better in Chicago today. It's not better in Philadelphia. Every person who came to the library to meet me for my book this weekend said Philadelphia is far worse than it was just five years ago. I don't think they set out to create anarchy, but the end result is we have a less common sense, more dangerous, less American experience in these blue cities. We have to reverse it, and the tools are sitting in front of us to do so. We literally had somebody from BLM in Chicago about a week ago who was being interviewed who said, if you go and loot the Gucci, that's reparations. Now, yeah. now this woman either really believed it or True. she thought that people listening would believe it. Yeah. Uh, John, if we, if we make a system where we divide everybody, blacks don't talk to whites, whites don't talk to Hispanics, and so on, well, then we're going to have a society that is easily controlled by idiots like that, don't we? Yeah, listen, the, the Soviets and the Chinese both have a playbook for uh, defeating America, and it doesn't start with military action. It starts with sowing division uh, in, in class warfare inside America. Uh, the BLMs of the world and those that are currently sowing this hatred, sowing this division, sowing the false promise of uh, socialism actually working. The media think they're stupid. The American people are the most common sense people ever put on the face of the planet. Common sense can uh, so and so often uh, reverse these things. You see how quickly Bobby Kennedy has caught on yes. in his approach to uh, just challenging Joe Biden by just saying simple things like, of course, a man, a woman, a man shouldn't be competing against women's sports. It's just not fair. Right. Those sort of common sense moments are going to help America, I think, get back to its roots in the next few years. But silence is not an option anymore. CEO editor-in-chief of Just the News. Go get his book at BrayBooks.us. It's called Hidden Headlines, a Seymour Clues Mystery. It's John Solomon. John, thanks a million for coming on. Let's do this again Great soon, can you. we? I would love it. Thanks, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show.
Really a pleasure to talk to John Solomon today, another real reporter. We love having actual independent reporters on who do a great job in journalism. We'll have him back, certainly. Appreciate you stopping by as well. Case Smythe to come next hour. We've got a lot more to get to as well, including some more sound bites from your girl, KJP, and your guy, Joe Biden. Make sure you stick around for that. Uh, meantime, got to remind you about, about Mom's Day coming up. Mother's Day is coming up. They deserve the best, including the best night's sleep. So this Mother's Day, give her the brand that made Oprah's favorite things five years in a row. Talking about cozy earth bedding, the softest, most luxurious, and ethically sourced bedding on the planet. No bedding I've ever owned comes even close to the comfort, the softness, and I'm sleeping better than I have in years. The reason cozy earth bedding is made using premium viscose from highly sustainable bamboo. That means their sheets are remarkably soft. That means that their sheets also keep your temperature right where you want it. Temperature regulating so you're going to sleep more comfortably all year round. Whether it's uh, luxury bedding, now in four different uh, colors, comfy loungewear, soft pajamas or premium bath towels, make Mother's Day extra special at Cozy Earth. All Cozy Earth products, by by the way, are backed by the 100% or 100-night guarantee. So try them out. Try them out for 100 nights. If you don't like them, send them back. You're not going to be sending them back. Right now, save up to 35% at Cozy Earth. Hurry, this Mother's Day offer ends soon. Go to CozyEarth.com, enter PAGS, P-A-G-S, at checkout, and save up to 35%. That's CozyEarth.com. Promo code is P-A-G-S. Make that happen right now. All right, plenty more to get to next hour. Now, there's this big argument about the debt ceiling. Now, one side, the Biden side, is saying that for some reason McCarthy wants to make us default. He wants us to default. He's, he's holding the line, wants to default. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not, but I could be wrong. McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, actually set forth a plan to avert any, any default. It was passed by the House of Representatives. It's now ready to go to the Senate. It's in the Senate, and Chuck Schumer just has to call it for a vote. He's not going to do that. So Schumer is saying, Biden is saying, KJP is saying, they're all saying that McCarthy wants to default on the debt, which is just not true. It's actually a complete lie. Now, the media tries to call KJP out on this, doesn't do a good job. And then Biden says something stupid as well. We'll have that story for you and a whole lot more. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.